0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 79th episode of the podcast for the week of November 25th, 2019. And 79 is my favorite number, so I know it's going to be a good one. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal, ambassador of the week. Uh, And normally, a guest would join me in conversation on a chosen topic. But this week, we are going to do things a little differently. Hey, you know, Venus is trining Uranus in the skies soon. So I decided to do a special broadcast with many uh, voices and astrological contributors um, on a Jupiter and Sag retrospective. You know, we're about to have Jupiter move into Capricorn. And so I thought it'd be nice to look back. So we're going to hear contributions from Stacia Secrariot, Ursula Duffy, Annalisa Six, James David Wade, Mackenzie Greer, Christopher Taylor, and Verge the Astrologer. So I'm so excited to get this program started. (laughs) Ooh, Mercury is still messing with me. Now, before we do get started, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest, because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me here today. And if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access to the podcast, as well as show notes, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energeticprinciples. You can also make a one-time donation to Mel's Tip Jar if you'd like to show support. And you can find the tip jar over at energeticprinciples.com. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady starts out the week as she wanes down to a little sliver in the fixed waters of Scorpio before moving into fiery Sag on Tuesday and making her new moon conjunction. We then begin waxing all over again as Luna grows in brightness once more and moves into practical Earth of Capricorn on Thursday, a.k.a. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. She continues on in this get-to-business energy before moving into the futuristic airs of Aquarius on Saturday and where she will spend the rest of the weekend. So just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe, add about 8 hours. And if you are in Australia or the East, add about 17 hours. You know, basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise, as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. Well, my friends, we have quite the week before us. Uh, you know, we got a new moon in Sag seeding in. We also have Neptune stationing direct. Uh, while Venus, she is going to ingress into Capricorn, square Chiron, and then try Uranus. And then, of course, we have Mercury now direct and starting to regain speed as the messenger. Uh, makes the third and final pass to both Neptune and Saturn this week. So let us waste no time and dive right in. On Monday, we start out the week with the moon in Scorpio, and she will make an early morning trine to Neptune, a sextile to Saturn, and a sextile to Pluto. Also of note, on Monday, we have Venus ingressing into Capricorn. Uh, So let us start there. So here we have the goddess of love is leaving the expansive fires of Sagittarius and entering into the practical earth of Capricorn, where Venus is less about play and frivolity as she is about serious long-term attack. So she still carries with her, uh, you know, creation energy, yet it tends to run through a filter of practical purpose, where our creativity can be put to pragmatic use. And this is also helpful if we are trying to find form and a framework for our artistic desires, as Capricorn thrives with structure. So this is a less showy Venus, but that doesn't mean she doesn't like her stuff. She will just have her eyes, you know, set on a higher prize, one that has prestige or worldly status. She does not want cheap and disposable. You know, Capricorn is not about cheap and disposable. It likes nice, well-made things. She's going to want the best of the best at this time and is willing to work and plan to get her cherished treasures. Now, I will just note real quickly that in this month's Astro Storytime on Patreon, uh, my Steve Jobs uh, uh, intro, introspective, that's not the word I'm looking for, but anyways, he has Venus and Cap, and it is so poetic in his chart. So, if you want to learn more about Venus and Capricorn, I encourage you to sign up for my Astro Storytime over at Patreon. Uh, now, that being said, we will have Venus in the sign of Capricorn until December 19th. So the bottom line on Monday is as Luna is quieting into her balsamic phase, Venus gets situated in Capricorn, Uh, and we have a void, of course, day, you know— before us. So, you know, this would be the perfect time to take it easy and go with the flow. You know, spend some time in reflection where you can, as these dark days of the moon can be quite fruitful for bringing insight and healing to the surface as we let go of the past, which can be especially potent with the moon in Scorpio. So feel into the transitioning energy and see where the day takes you. Now, on Tuesday, we have our new moon in Sagittarius, uh, which, of course, the you know she's going to make her conjunction to the sun, but that is the only aspect she is making that day. So, we have our new moon, uh, but we also have Venus making a square to Chiron uh, that day as well. So, let's start with our new moon energy, which will be taking place at 4 degrees and 3 minutes of Sagittarius, and we'll seed exactly at 7.06 a.m. here on the Pacific Coast. Uh, Now, of course, I always do a write-up on my astro blog, uh, energeticprinciples.com. So if you'd like to check that out, that should be up here um, shortly, or at least by the time this airs, probably. (laughs) Uh, And if you'd like to sign up for my mailing list, you can do that, too, and it'll be sent right to you. Nice and convenient. So, all right. Now, the Sag party gets its official kickoff with this new moon, uh, which is seeding in shortly after last week's ingress. So we have kind of a, a quick new moon, right? You know, we're only four days in, essentially. So if you recall in the last episode, Jack and I covered the lunations in depth with our Sag season forecast. So if you haven't listened to that, you may want to hearken back uh, and find out more there. Now, with this new moon, I believe we are lighting the fires of enthusiasm, that will help guide our stories through the transitions that are underway. And fortunately, we are making these moves with a seed that holds wisdom from past experiences, along with hopes for future horizons. Now, this period may very well be an in-between space that allows us to write new chapters and challenge our beliefs from the past, as the less desirable parts can only stay with you if you let them. So, you know, take the time on the new moon to go on an exploratory adventure especially within meditation or your own mind, for envisioning what we would like to experience will be very powerful at this time. In fact, this would be an excellent time to make a vision board, uh, you know, so grab those magazines or get your iPad out and and create your next story, you know, through visuals. Now, with Venus squaring Chiron this day as well, and Chiron is still retrograde, but it will station in Sagittarius season, which Jack and I talked about as well there, um, but you know, just a quick little, because Venus is our relationship planet, right? She's in a new sign. She is now in Capricorn. Uh, she's where how we harmonize things and connect with others and, and open up to life in many ways as we attract and draw things in. And squares are always going to bring us some type of tension or challenge and or some events to the surface. And Chiron, as you've probably heard before, uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know, this tends to be maybe a trigger that comes about that, you know, just kind of pokes at our soft spot, but it also gives us healing opportunities and wisdom through those experiences. So now just a quick little note with Venus wearing Chiron, you know, there may be some hiccups or triggers in the relating and socializing department, Uh, and this could be for the lunar cycle because this is as it's seeding in in the new moon. Now these, uh, you know, little Triggers might happen in, in maybe the work sphere or within prior commitments or obligations that we've committed to, um, that may be getting in the way of connecting or creating or even doing your own thing. So if something comes up at this time, you know, take a moment, step back and extract the wisdom from the experience as our triggers always have something valuable to teach us. So the bottom line for Tuesday is, is here we have another quiet and maybe surreal day before us as we seed into the Sagittarius new moon. Luna only aspects the sun this day and then starts to send her light to Neptune as Neptune is stationing tomorrow. So, you know, don't jump out the gate if you can help it. Instead, spend time dreaming and visualizing what you'd like to see come out of this lunar cycle and really the future in general, for there is inspiration and spiritual energy swirling around at this time time. Now, on Wednesday, uh, we have the Moon still in Sagittarius, and she makes that super early morning square to Neptune, probably why we sleep here in North America um, but also of note, we have as I said, Neptune is stationing direct, uh, but i 'm also going to talk about in this segment uh, how Mercury, who is now direct itself, is moving on to try Neptune and sextile Saturn for a third and final pass so let us talk about that Neptune station real quick so Now, if you wonder why this week may have a bit of a dreamy haze to it, you can thank Neptune as it's stationing direct in Pisces. You know, Neptune energy has been working in an internalized fashion since the retrograde station began on June 21st, which happened to be our Cancer solstice. Um, And our dreams, you know, our dreams are circulating on the inside within our intuitions and our emotions and our overall sensings. As just before Neptune went retrograde, Jupiter had uh, configured by square in the skies, feeding our spiritual inspirations further. Now that the squares from Jupiter have subsided and Neptune is now going direct, there is a further push towards the dream and where Spirit is speaking, or at least has been speaking, probably for all of 2019. Now, of course, this may result in things falling away from our lives or digging deep to find compassion for ourselves and others, especially when, you know, there may be grieving that's still involved because Neptune can definitely bring up grief. Yet we can push spirit's intent forward and begin to make, you know, make manifest those visions that we've been chewing over inside so that we can turn those into reality. Now, do note, if you have any personal planets between 15 and 18 degrees of mutable signs, which are Gemini, Virgo, Sag, or Pisces, and we're talking about personal planets, we're talking about the Sun, the Moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, uh, and even Jupiter and Saturn. But really, if you have any planets, you know, those those more potent, faster-moving planets in these areas, you've been going through a Neptune transit yourself anyways, and there's bound to be kind of extra stimulus at the station. So just an FYI. Now, with Mercury making the trine to Neptune as it stations, but also making a sextile to Saturn, uh, you know, Mercury, once again, that's how we learn, that's how we communicate, that's the news that comes in, the calls, the texts, uh, and then how we perceive it all, you know. Um, well, that is flowing in the trine to Neptune. You know, there this energy is just rushing like a river. You know, these are, <laughs> Mercury's in Scorpio, Neptune's in Pisces, this is a water trine. Um, and so, you know, Mercury is looking over to Neptune. Neptune, which brings up spiritual inspiration, which brings up, uh, you know, kind of can, can be confusing at times or a little bit nebulous or hazy, but it also can uh, indicate when things are dissolving or, or can't really hold substance at that time. Um, but what's interesting is Mercury is also sextile to Saturn. Uh, so Saturn Is, you know, a sextile is an opportunity to open a door to something. And Saturn is about structure and commitment and the long term and the foundation. Um, And so there's a lot to read into this particular transit, especially since this is a third and final pass. Um, Now, I will preface real quick that the Mercury-Neptune trine uh, happens exactly uh, pretty much why we sleep here in North America on Thanksgiving morning, Um, and then that sextile to Saturn won't happen until Friday evening. But I'm combining these all because we're going to be feeling this emphasis in the latter half of the week. So now that we have spoken, you know, of Neptune, it only makes sense to segue into the Mercury transits because, uh, you know, I think that Mercury is going to be be dominating this uh, week a little bit. Now, this is the third and final pass, as I said, with the original transits kicking off this configuration back on October 13th, Aries full moon. And so really, since mid-October, we have been chewing over, you know, whatever this back and forth energy is between these planetary connections. So our minds have reviewed what we want to commit to and what we want to let go of, as creative spiritual energy has been helping to guide us to what the soul desires to build next. Now, if there has been back and forth on the inside or, the, or even the outside in these areas, there will be a final push this week to clear that narrative up, particularly as Mercury will meet its final sextile with Transformer Pluto on Monday of next week. So this is a chain of command, you know, Neptune, Saturn, Pluto. <laughs> so if you know what those archetypes are, throw Mercury in there and look at that chain of command. And so really changes are being communicated. Intuition is speaking, and this is likely to be an emotional week in many ways, especially within... Uh you know, correspondence and communication, Mercury things, because life is shifting, and that and the psychopomp is doing its job by moving this process along, and it may feel a little Mercury retrogradey, you know, still at times. Uh, so just an FYI, you know, take your time, especially since it's the holidays and people will be driving and such. Uh, so you know, take the time, double check everything before you send it out, or, or and. You know, and put everything through a compassionate filter, too, before jumping to any conclusions. Uh, Because this is a holiday transit, like I said, which will make for a very interesting Thanksgiving and Black Friday. So the bottom line for Wednesday is that pay attention to dreams that may be coming in as they are likely to be quite potent at this time. You know, whenever Neptune's doing something, we, we tend to get that dream life activated, waking in at night. <laughs> now, we may feel as if this whole week takes on a vacation vibe, as if we have another day in the Sag, you know, we have another day in the Sag moon energy, she's just still getting situated, Neptune's stationing, and Mercury's moving to make that trine with this nebulous influence. So, you know, you know, a page may feel as if it has turned you know, on Wednesday, and there may be news of changing conditions that surface at this time as Neptune dissolves illusions and situations that no longer are of substance. Now, on Thursday, we have the moon in Sag, and she will move to Capricorn uh, very early in the morning. So, you know, most of Thursday, at least here in North America, is a Capricorn moon. Now, along the way, she'll make a conjunction to Jupiter, a trine to Uranus, a conjunction to Venus, and then a sextile to Mars. And, of course, Thursday is Thanksgiving. If you celebrate such, it is. Uh, Now, also note on Thursday, we have Venus trine Uranus. So Venus, you know, this is, she's our relationship planet. We've already discussed what she does, and we know that trines flow things along. Well, this is an Earth trine here, uh, and we have Venus flowing towards Uranus, which Uranus is trying to, you know, shake things up awaken us in some way, free up, liberate energy, you know, push us outside of our comfort zone. Um, And so, you know, it's bound to be a little unusual when Uranus comes around. So if Mercury wasn't making things interesting enough (laughs) with his transits, here comes Venus, now settled in Capricorn, forming a trine with Uranus and Taurus. And instantly what comes to mind, as we know Venus likes luxury, is that we may be tempted with some shopping as a trine and earth signs, you know, this earth signs. Earth signs like to possess. Yet I think with Venus answering to Saturn in Capricorn, because keep in mind Venus is in Capricorn now. She's not doing Jupiter's bidding any longer. She is lined with Saturn. So she may be a bit more frugal than usual. So double check your desires at this time to make sure you can afford them in the long run. And if you can, and it's a good investment, you know, why the heck not? On another note, as this is Thanksgiving, we can bet that our social and relationship energy with others will take on a bit of an electric spark, and we may find that people, including ourselves, are just an extra bit quirky or rigid in their habits and positions. So expect the unexpected in relating at this time, yet that doesn't have to be a bad thing, as sometimes we expect people to always be a certain way. But after the transits that have just gone down in the skies over the last few months, you can bet that other people's behavior may surprise you. This transit may also bring an innovative flow to creative projects that can help formulate a ground floor for your artistic flow. So if you feel called to create, now is the time to do so. Jupiter will make this trine soon enough himself uh, in the sky, so you can expect a continuation on this storyline. Now, on Thursday, the bottom line is is that the moon lights up that Venus-Uranus trine on Thanksgiving, because the moon's in Capricorn now. So activity is back on the scene as we come down to Earth with the Capricorn moon influence, while Venus and Uranus stir the social pot with electric energy. Now, Luna's sextile to Mars also puts pep in our steps, so you can expect this to be a lively day that is centered around tradition and duty. You know It is Thanksgiving. Uh, Yet these things are approached in a more unconventional way. Uh, so it should be uh, make for an interesting holiday to say the least. Now, on Friday, we have the moon in Capricorn. She'll make a sextile to Neptune and Mercury a con- and a conjunction to Saturn and Pluto. And so the bottom line for Friday is that the Capricorn moon lights up Mercury's final sextile with Saturn. Remember, I mentioned that earlier. Uh, so we may feel residuals from earlier in the month when Saturn and Neptune sextiled in the skies uh, back on November 8th, They, uh, you know, that was kind of our last big convergence <laughs> happening um, of outer planets. And so it's quite possible to see resolution to an ongoing storyline on this day that might have been carrying out for some time. Um, And so this is also a day where we are likely to gain traction in our projects. And it may, in fact, be the most productive work day of of the week if you need to get some work done. And as this is the second uh, to last lunar conjunction to be made to the upcoming Saturn-Pluto transit in January, you know, pay special attention uh, on Friday as there is likely to be foreshadowing in that developing story as well. Now on Saturday the moon is in Cap, but she will move to Aquarius about noon time here on the Pacific Coast, and along the way she's going to square Uranus. So the bottom line for Saturday is that here we have a two part day as we spend the first half in the tail end of productive Capricorn before moving into the detached airs of Aquarius on midday. So you know, get any chores or things that you need to be done, <laughs> out of the way in the morning, for this is likely to be a day where that can bring unexpected events as Luna squares Uranus right after she enters Aquarius. So things may not go as planned, which may see be seen as disruptive, um, but not also as well. You might need to free yourself up because you get a social op- offering and, you know, you, you want to go do that. But uh, and there's also room for a aha moment and out-of-the-box solutions to rise up for earthly considerations that are you know swirling around in our heads. So do things differently on Saturday and, and keep an attitude of flexibility about you if you can, because we always need some flexibility when Uranus is around. <laughs> now, on Sunday, the moon is still in Aquarius, uh, and she'll make early morning uh, square to Mars and a sextile of the sun. So the bottom line for Sunday is, is that Where there may have been some volatility to the latter half of yesterday, remember with the square to Uranus, um, now we spend the day with a new sense of awareness as Luna makes an early morning sextile to the sun. So go on a little adventure, spend some time with friends, for we may all need to detach a bit and unwind from the stress of the last few days. So getting out of your comfort zone and airing things out with others can lead to an expanded perspective, especially as this is the final day of Jupiter in Sagittarius serious. All right, so to wrap up this week, you know, this week we we feel the wheel of fortune turning as the Sag new moon seeds, Neptune stations, and we experience the final days of Jupiter in its daytime domicile. So take your time within the shifting energy as it's bound to be an unusual week as different pockets of celestial energy become activated. And it is the holidays after all, so I wish you all safe travels, especially as Mercury trines a stationing Neptune. Uh, so, you know... As you reconnect with whatever energies give you a sense of home, that's the way to do it this week. So, happy Thanksgiving to all. So, now let's take a look at the cards because they always add a little something something. Uh, So, this week I drew the page of cups as the focus and the chariot as the grounding. Now, with the Page of Cups as the focus, we are seated in the throne of the soul this week as creative energy bubbles up to the surface to be embodied into the world of form and where our intuition is helping to guide us through the ideals of the heart. This seems ever so fitting as Mercury is making its last trine to Neptune in water signs and where there is a good chance that there will be a bit of a dreaming quality to this week. So look out for your heart's true intentions to rise to the surface at this time. A spirit asks that you fill your cup with this goodness. And be aware that you may be challenged by emotional vulnerabilities as you go through this process as it can be easier to dream than take action and put ourselves out there. Yet I think our grounding card will help to keep us on course. Now, with the chariot as the grounding, we have the foundation of determination underneath us and are better able to focus on our ambitions at this time. And this seems fitting as Mercury moves off that trine with Neptune to make a sextile to Saturn. And part of the dreaming quality of the page is helping us to create the goals that we are going to stick to. Now, the trick of the chariot is to learn the balance of emotion when we are moving towards that which we seek victory. So find the best way to expertly surf the waves and keep your horses on track. For when we we want to triumph in matters of the heart, and we will need the perseverance and balance to stay focused and driven on the path ahead. Now, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's Animal Ambassador. The Walrus. Sweet. <laughs> Aren't those sounds hilarious? (laughs) I couldn't help myself. I couldn't just pick one. I love the bell and the whistle. Too funny. All right. So our large, flippered marine mammal is here to remind us to pay attention to signs and omens from the universe this week, as these subtle, and sometimes not so subtle, directives are helping us to make decisions as we move forward signs are everywhere if you remain vigilant and look around you whether it is the animals that you see the numbers that you encounter dreams that come in the day or night conversations that you overhear in the background you know all these things can be seen as signs from spirit especially if you encounter something more than three times particularly in a short time span as this is most certainly a message that is trying to get in and if you have to make a tough decision or life choice at this point in time, there is nothing hokey about asking the universe for a sign. You may be surprised at just how fast you get it. So ask yourself, you know, anything this week. Ask away. Keep your eyes and ears open and let these omens guide you along your hero's journey. All right, so just for a couple of quick announcements before we move on to our Community segment here. Of course, I'll give a shout out to San Diego Astrology Society, which will be having our member only solstice party on Friday, December 13th. So if you are in the San Diego area or even Southern California, you know, consider signing up to be a member of our society. We have fabulous events every second Friday of the month, and we have our solstice party, which is always a good time. So you can find out more at sandiegoastrology.com. And also, I have to give a little push for my November Astro Storytime episode, which came out on Patreon, where I did an uh, in-depth look into the innovative life of Apple computers legend Steve Jobs. Um, And I also looked at the 30th anniversary of the Berlin Wall Fall and the charts of its inception, the fall, and then the anniversary of the event. Um, and of course, you know, I have three additional episodes. So if you sign up to my Patreon, which is only $6 per month to access the Astro Storytime feature, you're going to get four episodes right away, which is, I want to say, about almost five hours of viewing. So, you know, I'm I'm enticing you in. Come and check it out. So, all right. Well, you know, we've got an fascinating segment before us. I'm excited to see how it's going to turn out. So, you know, let us waste no time and meet our guests. Okay, so that was a bit of a trick because first it's just me. <laughs> so before we get to our uh, contribution section, I am going to uh, basically do a little recap of Jupiter in Sag on the solo. Um, because, you know, I always think, you know, we tend to always look forward, uh, but I thought it would be, you know— Helpful to look back instead, (laughs) as uh, we will be covering Jupiter and Capricorn on the next episode next week with uh, Christina Caudill. So, you know, let's talk about that recap of Jupiter in Sag and, the you know, the overall signature that was at play. Because you know me if you've listened to this podcast before. Uh, I can tend to get maybe, you know, I like world events. I like mundane events. I like to see what, you know, is going on in the world. Because I find this fascinating, especially with uh, the astrological transits and especially the outer planets or the, you know, slower movers like Jupiter and beyond. Um, and of course, this was a very interesting Sag season. So just to recap, you know, we had Jupiter move into Sagittarius on November 8th of uh, 2018 there. And right out the gate, um, it was a little, you know, it, it showed its sign right away. Now, Clearly, fire has been a theme of this entire transit, uh, because the first day of Sag um, Jupiter and Sag was led in with the Paradise Fire, which, if you remember, you know, all our, as California people will remember, but that was an unprecedented fire that just, you know, out of nowhere just whipped on through and decimated a town, and that was in that was intense, and that was a. You know, it showed you the power of, of Jupiter in in Sag there. Of course, there's other things that go on as well, but you you know you have to admit that is some timing to say the least. Um, and really, you know, we've had a very active fire season just in general in California we have been ablaze several times over since uh Jupiter entered Sagittarius Australia has been heavily afflicted as well uh, up until very recently actually we kind of had Jupiter had its last hurrah in the last month or so both here in Southern California and in Australia um and you know it's it's sad I saw a uh, a headline earlier today that that the brush fires were decimating the koala population and i uh, you know me and my animals I couldn't take it <laughs> it's real time folks <laughs> I'm shedding a tear as I think about it but really fire was a, an incredible theme of this year we saw it in the Amazon you know we watched as the amazon uh was burning we watched historic buildings especially religious you know, Places go up. Notre Dame in Paris, uh, the Shuri Castle in Japan. Uh, you know, there there was a lot of fire action going on. You had the Kyoto animation fires. Um, there were, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty. I could do a whole podcast just on the fires alone. But that was clearly a theme of Jupiter in Sagittarius. Um, well, and what's interesting, we have to keep in mind too, is that you know, there is an overshadowing of Saturn and Pluto in the background to this whole Jupiter and Sagittarius transit. Because really, you know, the main uh, aspect that Jupiter was making in the skies uh, for 2019 was a square to Neptune, which I'll do a little recap here, uh, some headlines and a in a few minutes, um, but you know, keep that in mind as we talk about this Jupiter and Sag experience, um, and especially in relation to the square to Neptune, because really, there's that Saturn Pluto conjunction in Capricorn that is, you know, just dominating everything from the background and what is still left to seed here in in January of 2020. So, so we noticed that there was fire that was an incredible theme, um, you know, and also on the same day that. Jupiter was ingressing into Sagittarius that was that started with also the asylum seekers that were migrating to the US border especially from Central America and for which there are still thousands of people still waiting there you know I live in San Diego where I'm a border city I live 15 minutes away from Mexico and the border and so you know I'm very aware of these situations that are going on and it is a big um you know it's This this has not ended. (laughs) This is still going on, Um, and really, part of this Jupiter uh, square to Neptune, uh, because you know, as we speak, the government is, and really, this whole year, the government has been trying to dismantle and dissolve all our asylum policies, so that people cannot come in. You know, really, the foundation of what America was made on, Uh, and so there's been a lot of push there, and so a lot of people are stuck uh, at this border and are. And actually, in really grave danger um, for a number of reasons, um, which I will say, I had a note somewhere in here about. Um, oh, I'll get I'll get to that note. All right, side note, put it in your pocket for later. <laughs> I'll put it in my pocket. Anyways, I'm doing this off the cuff, people, too. So this is just me riffing right now. Um, So, all right. Well, what else did we see? We saw the college admissions scandal. You know, Jupiter and Sag. Sag, is education, you know, wisdom, teaching, higher learning. And we see this college admissions scandal where bribery was exposed and the whole system of higher education was brought into the spotlight, which we'll see some headlines from that uh, here in a minute. Um, So that was a big thing. You know, and really politics were off the hook even more than usual. And we, you know, found it hard to know what to believe when then all that we heard. You know, uh, deciphering who was telling the truth was very challenging. And sometimes you just knew what the truth was, even though you could see the wool that was attempting to be placed over, you know, our eyes. You know, shady politics at its best. So, you know, that's really Jupiter square Neptune to me as well. Um, you know, the rise of extreme beliefs furthered, which I thought was going to happen, you know, because Jupiter uh, or Sagittarius, you know, this is our belief zone. This is where we take our experiences and we formulate, you know, what we believe of the world. And Jupiter drives those beliefs as as well, you know. Um, and so really Jupiter and Sag uh, helped blow that up. Uh, And it's really proof that a planet in dignity is incredibly strong, yet that doesn't always mean that it's positive. You know, like we think Jupiter and Sag, you know, I'm sure it gave great things. And we have to keep in mind as I give some of these headlines, you know, uh, that our news is sensational. So I couldn't find a whole lot of good things because there just isn't any, because that's, you know, that doesn't sell the papers or, well, nobody buys papers anymore, but (laughs) that doesn't sell the subscriptions. Um, So, you know, just keep that in mind. And really, protests were going on all over the world, which I think is a combination between Jupiter and Sag, you know, stepping up for your beliefs and what is right. that's another part of it. But really also Saturn and Pluto, which is trying to transform our systems and our governments. And so those kind of coming together, you know, uh, created a lot of protests and activist movements. Um, and we see that all over, all over the world. Uh, and it's really quite empowering, too, you know, to see people take to the streets. Like that and fight for what they believe, um, but when you are rift in beliefs, <laughs> that's when it gets a little tricky because uh, you know it's hard. It's hard when people are divided. So um, now, okay, so let's see what else we have going on here. So I wanted to kind of look at uh, the conjunctions real quick, and I also wanted to look at the Jupiter Square Neptune transit. So. Um, You know, let's take a look at a few of the headlines. Let's start when, uh, because at the beginning of the transit, actually Mercury helped usher Jupiter into Sagittarius, because if you remember, we had a Mercury retrograde that was going back from Sagittarius to uh, Scorpio um, in the latter half of November of 2018, and so, on a special day on November 27th of 2018, we had the Sun, Mercury retrograde, and Jupiter all meet in conjunction on the same day. And so, you know, we're gonna we're gonna see flavors, right? If we're, if, if ever we're gonna see flavors, especially in the news, it's gonna be this day. And so, here are a few headlines uh, that I came across for November 27th. So we see Trump defending tear gassing of the migrants, saying that he's gonna do whatever it takes um, to, you know, control the situation and he, you know, pushing build the wall, Saturn, Pluto. Uh, we got several reports of asylum seekers who were dying in ICE detention, you know, through starvation and assault. Like this, this was coming out, you know, uh, to the surface. Because remember, I'm reading these as headlines. So, you know, this is when the information gets to us or when it's brought to the, to the public. So that's really that Sun, Mercury, um, you know, Jupiter influence. That same day, GM, General Motors, cut 15,000 jobs across North America and closed five plants. Um, we have to keep in mind, you know, Jupiter, we we. Th- we think of it as, you know, giving us, you know, nice things, unfortunate uh, circumstances, but sometimes its uh, overall agenda is just to uh, push us forward and, and, you know, make moves for growth. And sometimes that is through loss. Um, and especially when we're looking at Jupiter square Neptune in the skies, you know, that makes a lot of sense. We also saw that this was the day that Trump reported publicly that he denies the findings of the National Climate Report. As Sun, Mercury, and Jupiter are conjunct, Uh, we also had activists protesting in New York um, because uh, New York offered to or was giving a three billion dollar subsidy for to Amazon for their new headquarters. uh, When really these ad Activists were like, there's 69,000 homeless people sleeping in shelters every night. You know, uh, there's that Neptune influence, um, which ironically enough, you know, Amazon ended up pulling out of the deal with uh, New York on Valentine's Day, which was less than a month after Jupiter squared uh, Neptune and Saturn sextiled uh, um, Neptune as well in the sky. So the, really? you know, they're pr- protesting something that actually ended up falling through, anyways. Now I looked back at my own journal on that day because I keep a pretty active journal. And for me, this was the day that I started to, uh, actually get back to into my creator pace. Like I decided, okay, you know, I felt because I have Jupiter in my chart. It rules the second house and it rules the fifth house. And you know, uh, and it's in Leo in the 10th. So, you know, a lot of my creative energy and my, my projects are, are Jupiter, you know, they, stem from Jupiter energy. And so I was feeling the force on that day and I wrote about it. Now, the only other conjunction that was made to Jupiter other than the Sun-Mercury uh, aspect on November 27th was Venus made a conjunction on January 22nd, which is funny because the um, you know Venus and Jupiter are conjuncting really as I'm making this recording on the podcast. So, it's kind of funny that Venus has managed to make it around twice to Jupiter while in Sag. So, when Venus conjunct back on January 22nd earlier this year— This was the day of the third annual Women's March. Uh, You know, how appropriate with Venus and Jupiter in the skies, you know? We have our huge Women's March going on all over the country. Uh, this was also the day that created that photo of the indigenous elder facing off with the the MAGA hat guy in the viral video that was going around. If you remember that, where the kid was like smirking at the, you know, the Native American and uh, it, that got blown up um, extra. Uh, and there were actually several anti-government protests going on that day around the world as well. Uh That's the day Senator Kamala Harris of California announced her 2020 presidential run that day, you know, Venus, Jupiter— um, also of note, that's the day that the Oxfam report came out, uh, stating that the 26 wealthiest people own as much as the world's 3.8 billion poorest. Now, if that isn't Venus and Jupiter, it, it, I don't know what is, you know, 26 people hold same amount of wealth as 3.8 billion, you know, wow. Now for me, <laughs> I noted that I wrote it uh it was a very creative day for me and I had an unusually full day of consultations and they were all women clientele so how perfect is that Venus Jupiter. So so those were the conjunctions that were happening now let us look at uh the Jupiter square to Neptune before we open things up to hear from our contributors because really this was uh you know the the Jupiter's main aspect of 2019, and so Jupiter squared Neptune three times. First time was on January 13th. So what was in the headlines? Well, January 13th, uh, we see universities are struggling with financial enrollment woes as they scramble for fixes, and so they consider dropping long-standing liberal arts degrees. Uh, where the headline read, "What is a university without a history major?" You know, how Jupiter-Neptune is that? You know, uh, the universities are really struggling. We saw it with the bribery scandal I talked about earlier. And uh, so there is a lot of reconfiguration that is going on in higher learning. That same day, we had uh, 23,000 Nicaraguan protesters who fled into exile in Costa Rica so that they can return and renew their uprising against President Daniel Ortega. Which, when you think about it, Neptune is very subversive in its attacks, especially in combat. So it's interesting that they fled into exile on this day so that they could plot when they were going to go back uh, and, you know, make that happen. But you can imagine a rush of 23,000 people into Costa Rica, you know that's going to create, uh, you know, well, we just now use your imagination. <laughs> uh, now, what's super, you know, telling here is this is when we were in the midst of our own government shutdown as well. Do you remember that? You remember when the government shut down in January, where and many government employees and contractors were dealing with stop checks and invoices, and you know people were just trying to live, waiting for the open it, the government to open back up, <laughs> you know. Uh, Classic Jupiter-Neptune right there. This was also the day there's a headline where the, there was the start of the FBI looking into the Trump gaining aid from Russia. You know, we're seeing the stories of 2019 basically coalesce here on this January 13th date. Uh, and this was also the time where we were coming out of that crazy winter storm that was going on in the Midwest. Remember the freezing, uh, below freezing, people couldn't even go outside their houses for, you know, <laughs> that was intense. Um, so, Yes. Now, Jupiter then squared Neptune on June 16th uh, in a retrograde fashion, and some of the headlines here we see, this is important, the headline exposed the Taiwan murder case. That was the spark of all the protests that we now see going on in Hong Kong. So this is tied up into the Jupiter-Neptune story as well, because that was, you know, we see the entry point there. This is also when Trump was having a face-off with Iran and threatening possible war, which turned out to be hot air, thank goodness, you know, and that's with Neptune and Jupiter, you know, there's a lot of hot air going around. But, you know, it gives you existential crisis when you, ugh. So that was happening then too. Luckily, it fizzled out. Um and now here 's a positive one of the few that I could find. Uh, there were headlines about free high school bring bringing opportunity into Ghana uh where they now had new education you know opportunities for people who didn't have them before uh, and so that was that was a plus of that, but there was contention so you know as it is now on the final square, which happened on September 21st, uh, here are our headlines. Here, well, now we have a whistleblower coming out on Trump's request to to the Ukraine president, where we see ourselves now. So here we have this whistleblower. Uh, you know, so back in January when we, uh, he, you know, the FBI was looking into Russia. Now the the turning direct now has us looking into the Ukraine connection as well. This is also a time on this day, where Trump signed a deal with El Salvador, where the U.S. can reject migrants and asylum seekers and send them back to seek protection there, which if you watch the latest Patriot Act episode on Netflix by Hasan Minhaj, uh, he did a fabulous episode on looking further into that, um, and which was a horrible solution because that was Trump's. You know, he's like, "Well, we'll it def- we, we seems safe over there. You know, we'll just say it's safe and that they can they have a choice to go back, but these people do not have a. Choice to go back. And this is a false sense of security uh, and a political move that was played. But that happened on Jupiter and Neptune. We also see a climate action summit, which addresses global carbon emissions. Uh, that's, this is the same time that Trump was in California and addressed the homeless crisis, which uh, puzzled a lot of homeless advocates in the state of California. Um, that you know that he was even taking this stance. That's so Jupiter Neptune, right? Uh, you know the the forgotten people or the people that need the, you know help, but here you know it's not help from I don't know. That's a podcast in itself. Uh, There was a headline saying anti-Semitic hate crimes are up. You know, we are talking about this with Jupiter and Sag. This extremism view was ramped up all over the place. Um, and we also saw that some people, you know, didn't fare too well. Like we had Democrats, uh, the mayor of New York City, Bill de Blasio, uh, you know, ended their 2020 presidential bid at this time. We saw people falling out of the Democratic race when before they had like 20 something people now, it's you know, thinning out. Um, and also at that time we had there was extreme flooding going on from Hurricane Imelda over in Texas, Louisiana, which if you refer back to Nina Griffin and I's uh, uh, astro meteor meteorology episode from around that time. We did an astro uh, weather prediction and were predicting such things. So as unfortunate as a hurricane is, it's interesting to see it come to play within the prediction. So, you know, I just wanted to run over some of, like, what Jupiter was bringing to us as far as the mundane view. Uh, So now we're going to go more into, you know, the personal sphere. And, you know, really for me, it was just a a lot of it was going—there was a lot of uncertainty going back and forth. You know, I thought I might be moving at a certain time, but it was all up in the air, and then it turns out I'm not. Um, You know, there's a lot of creative back-and-forth energy that for me that, I you know, as I said before, you know— Jupiter rules my fifth house uh, and my second house, and I wanted to find ways to uh, take my creative uh, uh, you know, p- impulses and projects to a new level and, and you know, start things in that area. So for, for me, it was very rewarding in, in that sense, but it was also very confusing <laughs> um, in, the, in the relocation sense um, and what that was going to look like. So that was my own, you know, experience there. So, but we have plenty of experiences to share, and I have talked long enough for sure. So let us uh, introduce our first contributor, Ursula Duffy of Ursa Alchemy.
1: Hello, everyone. My name's Ursula Duffy, and I live just outside of Atlantic City, New Jersey. Mel, thank you so much for this opportunity to share about my Jupiter and Sagittarius experience. So, for everyone, as a little bit of a backdrop, kind of a chartscape for my story, I have Neptune and Sagittarius in my eighth whole sign house. And I have also natally a Jupiter and Neptune square. Neptune squaring my moon from the eighth to the fifth, as well as a yod with Neptune and Pluto. Eight to sixth, respectively, with my first house and with Chiron there. So, this transit has been very spirituality based for me. And the themes of it have really been my connection to spirit with in relation to Neptune. And it's really been all about coming out of my psychic closet. This really started for me back when Saturn was in Sagittarius. That transit brought about the reality of the connection that I've had to spirit my entire life and pretty much doing the work to hone in on those skills and figure out exactly what they were there for me to do in my life. And as Saturn moved out and Jupiter has moved in, it's been really all about having the confidence and belief in myself. It's been about embodiment to the fullest extent. I did not know (laughs) before this uh, transit started that I really was not completely embodied. And all of this uh, work that I've been doing has brought me to the point where now I can be of service to others. And that's really where my true soul's work is. As Jupiter's been moving through Sagittarius, it's also been trining my north node in Leo. So it's really bringing all these lessons to light about being true to who I really am, showing up in the world as my true self, starting to talk about all of the spiritual knowledge that I have rather than hiding it from people. And like I was saying before, bringing it out of the psychic closet, So as the ingress began in November of last year, I graduated from my astrology apprenticeship program. I completed my aromatherapy certification program, and in January, I launched my um, astrology business. So the whole year, as I've been embracing these lessons and being truer and truer to myself and stepping out in the world as my authentic self more and more abundance has come in to my life as far as bringing me clients. Having this transition is my my hope and goal from um, a part-time side business to my full-time gig. And the Jupiter-Neptune square has been interesting as that has activated not only my natal square, but also sort of trying to find my my true tribe. So that has been something that's developed along the past year as well. And I'm very grateful for the gifts of Jupiter and Sagittarius. I knew this was the year to, you know, get all these things accomplished and really step out into the world and finally, you know, be paid to be me and to be of service. And it's been a lot of hard work. It's been a lot of challenging lessons, but ultimately I'm extremely grateful even for the difficulties, but dream big and (laughs) you will be rewarded by Jupiter and Saturn. Um, I came across a quote today that I thought would summarize this very well. It's a Neville Goddard, Goddard quote and it says, nothing in the world is untrue if you want it to be true. You are the truth of everything that you perceive. So I thought that was incredibly appropriate for this last little bit of time that we have with Jupiter and Sagittarius, and that is my personal retrospective. Thank you.
0: Oh my goodness. Ursula, thank you. And thank you for reminding me some of the key points of this Jupiter uh, in Sagittarius transit, especially in a square to Neptune. Um, and because I, I feel you. This was a time in our personal lives to absolutely dream big. And I love how you said step out into the world, right? You know, we had to open ourselves up. Like that's what Jupiter and Sag, it's about. That was the hard thing for a lot of, you know, the overall world sphere is opening the, you know, the self up to something grander and bigger and, you know, the community at a world level. Um, and I just love that you made that contribution and shared that story. And especially with the bit about showing up, you know, confidently too, because I feel you girl I got Neptune in Sagittarius myself and in the second house. And actually now that I think about it that was one of my struggles this year as well was you know showing up with confidence and being able to take these uh the you know these skills and and, and like you said embodying your spiritual knowledge bringing it out of the psychic closet and following those dreams. You know it takes confidence to do that to be who you truly are and I just love that. Um so to you know follow up with Ursula you can find her over at Ursa Alchemy, uh, which is uh, ursaalchemy.com. All right, so let's uh, hear from our next contributor. We have Stacia Secrariot, uh of Moon Deep Astrology.
2: Hi, my name is Stacia Secretariat of Moon Deep Astrology, and I'm a Sagittarius sun. Uh, my sun is conjunct Uranus by two degrees. Um, and I had a wild Jupiter experience this year. And actually, um, November 25th is my birthday. So last year on that date in 2018, I was uh, looking at Jupiter becoming my time lord, my annual perfected ruler for the year. And so I went on vacation to celebrate. (laughs) Um, I went to Salulita, Mexico, where Jupiter is well-aspected in my chart. And I... um, went on a romantic vacation with my girlfriend. Um, And on that day at 10 p.m. on the 25th, when Jupiter, on my solar return, when Jupiter was exactly conjunct the sun, um, my partner had a series of life-threatening seizures uh, while we were in a remote jungle cabin (laughs) in the woods. Um, I can laugh about it now, but... um, because it sounds so preposterous, <laughs> but it was actually a really transformative experience. Um, I, I developed severe PTSD from that moment. Um, it's a long story that I don't have time to go into now since we're just focusing on the effects of Jupiter, but basically um, it was me running barefoot through a jungle uh, in the dark at uh, 10 p.m. trying to save her life. Um, We went through a series of things in the hospital there uh, where we were hospitalized for a week in Mexico, and then a week when she got back here, uh, she ended up losing, all told, about three months of her memories, had severe amnesia from the event, uh, and went through a lot of rehabilitation. In the meantime, I came back to work after that vacation and took a three-month leave of absence from my job um, and really evaluated the whole overarching um, picture of life, I guess, Jupiterian theme. Um, Specifically on that date uh, that the Mexico seizures happened, um, transiting Venus in Libra was exactly conjunct uh, my Jupiter-Pluto natal conjunction in Libra. Um also the transiting moon in cancer was conjunct my north node and transiting pluto was exactly conjunct my natal venus in capricorn so there, it was already a lit solar return of energy um so what ended up happening from that i took this three month leave of absence i went back to my job after that and uh they basically tried to write me up for things that i didn't reply to during that time even though i had a legal leave of absence Jupiter came in for the assist, and instead of losing my job, I was able to negotiate <laughs> uh, severance and leave and pursue astrology full-time, which after months of intensive therapy and relearning to even be able to leave my house, it was very severe post-traumatic stress uh, that I was suffering seeing a therapist several times a week. I. You know, finally had the strength to go back to work. Found I was being fired, and somehow find found the strength instead to push back and get a settlement for in in exchange for me just walking away and not pursuing any kind of legal action. So Jupiter delivered uh, to my second house son and said, "Here you go, new life. Here's a cushion. <laughs> new life, who dis? Um, So interestingly enough, I continued my uh, journey with my therapist and. You know, did a lot of deep excavation work on myself um, and really tried to launch this new career as an astrologer, which was a struggle in the beginning, you know, trying to figure out how to pay rent, that kind of thing. I lived on my savings and uh, my, my settlement from this job. It turns out that through my therapist... She found another person who this exact seizure thing had happened to in another resort, well-known resort in Mexico. And we were at a very famous resort. uh, It's actually where they filmed Bachelor in Paradise. So the idea that we received this weird medical care and also that everyone was kind of hush-hushing this whole situation with us. Was kind of alarming. So we actually were contacted by the news because through my therapist, she had connected the dots that this had happened, this exact thing had happened in other resort towns in Mexico. And so in the past year. And so the news came and did a segment on us, which put my story, my son, my horrific Jupiter experience into the spotlight for everyone to see. Um, We weren't in charge of when the news segment aired, but interestingly enough, I just went back and looked. And uh, the the time at 6 a.m. when the news segment uh, aired on March 18th, transiting Jupiter was exactly at 23 degrees, which is an exact conjunction with my natal Neptune in Sagittarius. Um, it also aired while my uh, Sagittarius sun and Uranus conjunction was conjunct the transiting midheaven. And it was a Pisces rising with Neptune conjunct Mercury in the first and the sun also co-present in Pisces. I'm sorry, Pisces was rising with Mercury and Neptune conjunct, and transiting Saturn was direct uh, via retrograde conjunct my natal Venus in Capricorn. So, my Venus got quite a workout this year as well. Um, so that new segment aired, we got a lot of publicity and interest from it and actually saved a few other people's lives because they were able to connect that this had been um, a shoddy alcohol issue that distributors in Mexico were, were selling this um, low-grade grain alcohol and cane sugar that contains methanol and all sorts of horrible things, um, selling it to resorts for low price and then getting a profit margin the resorts weren't even aware. So we were able to actually make a direct impact and speak to some other people. One of whom did die from this. Uh, their, we spoke with their partner. Um, so all of this interesting. My partner had no health issues in this in this time. Until uh, the night of the Aries full moon on October 12th um, at 8.15, we were at a a women's soccer game uh, with record sold out attendance, 24,000 people in the stadium, very public, very big Jupiter day. Um, The transiting sun, she had another seizure and... um, and had I had to be medically evacuated from the stadium in front of all of those people. Um, transiting Sun was exactly conjunct my Saturn in Libra at the time. And transiting Jupiter was at 20 degrees Sag, applying to my natal Neptune again at 23. And then uh, transiting Pluto was back on my Venus by retrograde uh, by two degrees. So we had another very public event that was related to this that really reminded me that, you know, life is important, that I'm actually on the right path, that I would rather be, you know, living and loving her and trying to do this thing that brings me authentic joy uh, and really expand myself and my son and bet on me, son and sag in the second house, um, that... I was really on the right path. It was it was really a reaffirming event for me. Anyway, all of this wraps up with a happy note because my next Saturn, or sorry, my next solar return uh, is on Monday, the 25th. And I'm looking forward to Saturn becoming my annual perfected ruler for the year because Jupiter has been quite a wild ride as a time lord. Um, but I will note that when Jupiter started ripening by degree, when it came into its peak fullness, it um, around the time of her seizure in October and afterwards all through the month of November leading up to this, um, I've had a lot of astrology opportunities find me. I have some of my dream writing projects. I'm full with work. I have a lot of clients (laughs) booking appointments. I mean, I've really just, my practice has exploded this month in ways that I never could have predicted. Um, And I'm actually trying to decide for 2020 what I have bandwidth for and what I have capacity to do which is fascinating because I haven't even been doing this full time for a full year yet. um, And all of these opportunities as Jupiter ripens is reaffirming this life path. So anyway, that's my interesting Jupiter. um, It's brought a lot of opportunity, richness, also just a lot of very big public events. So uh, it's taught me a lot about the nature of Jupiter, not all being as benefic as we might think it to be.
0: Oh my goodness, Stacia, what a story. Stories plural. Oh my goodness, Jupiter... (laughs) Jupiter's bounty has been unleashed in your life in many ways. And so I love that you brought up that fact that you had a Jupiter Time Lord uh, this uh, particular year as well. And you reminded me myself as I am in a Jupiter Time Lord year as well. Um, And so... I am so glad to hear your partner is doing well, uh, and that you uncover how Jupiter Neptune is that that you uncovered this underground alcohol scheme that was going on in like a resort vacation area in in a different country than that what you live in. You know Jupiter and sad just as you know a different culture, different countries. Um, and that I that just fascinates me. I'm so and the and the interesting part with the Jupiter Pluto conjunction and Libra that you have natally and how that triggered this um, you know uh, the ptsd of it all like i just had the image of you running through a dark jungle and i was terrified <laughs> um so i can only imagine the in you know venus and pluto on top of that and so that's the thing is you know it's it's not just one planet it's like here she had this jupiter time lord uh she's sagittarius to begin with but we also see this venus pluto transit going on at the same time and you know That was a fascinating story. I'm so glad you shared. And congratulations on your new astrology opportunities and becoming full-time and bucking the system in the process as you pushed yourself forward, you know? Like, that... Yes, 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 yes. So you know, it seems like the universe is exactly where uh, it wants you to be at this time. And I second your notion about Jupiter, Jupiter not always being as benefic as we think it is. But perhaps maybe the uh, beneficence happens more in the uh, the outcome than the experience itself, I suppose. But. Oh, anyways. Well, to check out more from Stacia, you can find her over at moondeepastrology.com. Okay, now let's hear from our next contributor. We have Christopher Taylor from Sovereign Harmony.
3: Hello, this is Christopher Taylor out of the San Diego area. Uh, and I just wanted to make some comments about what I observed collectively um, as Jupiter was moving through Sagittarius. Um, I think two words sum it up best and that would be zealotry and disclosure. Um, and I'll give you a couple examples. Um, it's interesting uh, you know Jupiter's a 12 year cycle and almost immediately after Jupiter entered Sagittarius, we were hearing from you know AOC and others that there was 12 years left to uh, you know curb climate change or else uh, there's a point of no return or something like that. And it's just interesting that it's 12 years, and that's the Jupiter cycle. Um, and it's, you know, what's going to happen when Jupiter enters Sagittarius uh, around the year 2030 uh, should be kind of interesting, but I just thought that was kind of funny. Um, and along with that theme, I think it's hard for me to separate Jupiter's square to Neptune and Pisces um, and just isolate Jupiter and Sagittarius, because I think Neptune and Pisces, would such a strong component to Jupiter and Sagittarius the entire year. And, um, you know, the whole theme of climate change and the uh, policies that should or should not be taken to um, counter it, etc. Um, and the big push. That happened in 2019 with Jupiter and Sagittarius squaring Neptune and Pisces. Um, Especially how it all culminated when that square uh, finished up in September of 2019. That's when Greta Thunberg um, in the climate march and and all of that was going on. Uh, It's very interesting. The kind of reliance on beliefs and faith rather than facts. Uh, I think anyone that that is astute to the facts of uh, global temperatures, et cetera, um, would know that the, you know nothing. Nothing has amplified this concept that you know that we're in danger, and yet the mongering of the fear and the um, the narrative certainly exploded. It expanded in true Jupiter fashion, um, despite any kinds of additional scientific or uh, data. To support it, uh, so that was that's just one observation. Uh, some examples of disclosure, uh, they're kind of more you know hidden examples of disclosure. Uh, one being the whole Epstein scandal. I think uh, you know there's a tendency to kind of put things in the conspiracy box, uh, and with the Epstein scandal, with the suicide quote unquote, I think more people than ever uh, didn't believe the, the story and. All it takes is that one story that nobody believes or or barely anyone believes to kind of crack open the, um, you know, the, or just kind of to set the stage and the precedent for people to start questioning everything. And I really think that in true Jupiter in Sagittarius fashion, this um, was kind of this truth bomb that most people just aren't buying the narrative and what, you know, where is that going to lead? You know, what, what? else is going to happen that's so obvious didn't really happen the way we're told, um, you know, and and how is the collective going to respond to that? Um, On the same lines, there was a study uh, concerning Building 7, World Trade Center 7, that culminated in September, October as well. And this basically came out saying that Building 7, you know, forget the other two buildings and anything else to do with that date, but Building 7, how it collapsed, it, it certainly didn't happen uh, due to office fires, and that that was the conclusion of this paper, and it 's you know based on lots of sound science and experts um, and so that was somewhat hidden, but enough people are kind of aware of that now, and you know what's what rabbit hole does that lead down to next um, so that sums it up I think it 's been a year of zealotry, a year of disclosure, um, and you know who knows where this is going to lead but I think I'm kind of ready for Jupiter and Capricorn myself.
0: Thank you, Christopher, for sharing. And I see that you share my same enthusiasm for mundane reports on how this energy, uh, you know, coalesces in the world sphere. And if you uh, if you have not heard of Christopher before, he's done a couple podcasts with me on this uh, on on the podcast. Uh, he actually has a background in meteorology, and he does has uh, done um, talks and in, and in, in, uh, different presentations on climate change and how there can be a lot of things that we might have the wool pulled over our eyes in certain areas there now we know the world needs help in certain ways but of course uh, you know like Christopher was saying um, you know we were kind of you know this transit brought us to question everything and I like that you said that people aren't buying the narrative anymore and really where does that lead when you can't buy the narrative and and really put your uh, you know faith behind what it is that you read or that you hear or that you know people in authority are telling you um, that can it's very confusing and 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 we can see that those were great examples christopher and so if you want to follow up with him uh further and especially on some of the the climate work he's done and some of the things that he's dug out especially in uh relation to the saturn neptune cycle uh definitely go check out christopher taylor at sovereignharmony.com all right. So let us hear from our next contributor. We have Annalisa Six from Cosmic Lady Six.
4: My name is Annalisa Six, and I'm with Cosmic Lady Six Tarot and Astrology. You can find me at CosmicLadySix.com. 6com um, Jupiter and Sagittarius for me was transiting my 12th and Ascendant in first house in Placidus house system, and my first house in Whole Sign um, house system. And um, pretty much as soon as Jupiter entered Sagittarius, I felt like I wanted to find a more uh, structured education for the pursuit of my mystical practice. And so Pretty soon after Jupiter entered Sagittarius, I did join a mystery school that I've been studying under for the last year since December. Um, and I was researching different mystery schools during that time too. So that was kind of a big deal and has continued to play a big part in my life uh this year since then. Uh, I also obtained certification for teaching tarot. So I learned a lot and got certified in the Mother Peace Tarot by my teacher Vicky Noble and then I also started teaching beginner level tarot and uh transpersonal astrology classes uh for western astrology. And uh, I also did my first online course with Kathleen from Daughter of Wands, Tarot and Astrology. So I felt like Jupiter and Sagittarius had a lot to do with me um, learning new modalities of educating myself as well as uh, passing that information and knowledge down to others. I also started doing more community and workshop oriented Things and um, I also sought out more teachers for myself. So I started with a physical therapist. I have a lower back injury that affects the base of my spine and. that hip area. And since I'm Sagittarius and a Leo sun, my spine and my lower back are, I have an injury there, but it feels like that makes sense also why that's somewhere that I have to focus on. So I think it's interesting with Jupiter in Sagittarius transiting my ascendant that my injury, um, became a big focus for me this year. And I ended up um, in the emergency room around my back injury. And then I've also been in physical therapy and I started acupuncture. And then um, ending Sagittarius season out, I am actually also starting um, to start some beginner courses for Vedic astrology because I'm having an interest in that. And then I am also starting... Um, some new work with a hypnotherapist. So um, I think Jupiter and Sagittarius had a lot to do with me seeking guidance as well as becoming more of a guide for others and a teacher for others. And I think that um, entering uh, mystery school and being a neophyte and kind of working through a structured and ordered system, even though that might not be super Sagittarian in terms of the structure and order part. Um, I also, it was at the tail end of my Saturn return. So I think the Saturn return mixed with the Jupiter and Sag had a lot to do with why I was seeking more of a structured way to learn more Sagittarian things like the mystery school, mystical studies. So... Uh, Yeah, that was my experience this year. I'm curious to see if my dedication to the mystery school and more of the structured learning continues. Um, Once Jupiter moves into Capricorn, I have a feeling that it will. And uh, I enjoyed this year, even though I would say it was a really difficult year for me. Uh, I feel like I did a lot of growing and a lot of learning. And I feel like... um, yeah, it was just a big year for all of that.
0: Thank you for sharing, Annalisa. You brought up some great points and how uh, how perfect for Asaj Rising, some of the stories that you shared. I like how you summed it up with the idea of that. This was, a you know... Besides the strides that you made, and really we all made, it, you know, it's kind of a difficult year in a lot of respects of growing and learning, you know, especially when we're pairing that with a Saturn-Pluto conjunction that is coming up. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people were um, found the difficult... Uh, parts of this year were pushing us towards that growth and learning experience. And how perfect for you with Jupiter in the first that, you know, you're seeking guidance and becoming a guide. Like, this is so Sagittarius. And especially at the tail end of your Saturn return, you know, that seems very potent just for your own astrology to experience the Saturn return at the same time that you receive, you know, your chart ruler Jupiter to the first house. Like, that seems very powerful to me. And we see that you use that well, you know. You were teaching uh, all over the place and uh, becoming educated, uh, educating others, and disseminating that information. So you really summed up all things Sagittarius quite perfectly. (laughs) Um, So congratulations on all that growth that you did. Now let's hear from our next contributor who is also Sag rising, uh, James David Wade.
5: Hi, my name is James David Wade, and I live in Denver, Colorado. Um, And I'm sharing my Jupiter and Sagittarius moments. I'm a clairvoyant medium and an astrologer, um, because I know that Melissa always asks me to introduce myself um, and share a little bit about who I am. So that's that. Um, During this transit, I had a lot of uh, really big realizations. The Jupiter transit was in my first house, which has to do with one sense of identity, personal self, physical body, things of that nature. And um, I had a lot of uh, issues come up surrounding um, my, my last name, in fact, um, which I was adopted whenever I was 12. And my name was changed. And I had to do a lot of work with um, coming to complete and total acceptance of myself in that area. Um, I also moved from san diego california to louisiana back to my hometown briefly for a few months and then i moved to denver colorado um (laughs) and so it's been quite a whirlwind of experiences and i'm also about to start grad school so it's very appropriate for jupiter and sagittarius as that's higher education so i am uh enrolling to earn my master's degree in english and uh Obtain my graduate certificate in teaching English to speakers of other languages, which is also very appropriate for Jupiter and Sagittarius. And um, that's just about it, I suppose, except for like, you know, mentioning that my degree program would allow me to uh, teach, you know, people who are not native English speakers, but that could include traveling all over the world. So, very exciting times. And that's a good summary of my Jupiter and Sagittarius experience. It's been very enlightening.
0: And hasn't it been, James? James is a good friend of mine. And so I know all about his story. And in fact, when he moved back to uh, uh, Louisiana, he it, that was the day that Jupiter stationed um, direct back in August. So how perfect is it that a Sag rising, another Sag rising is going through these big realizations um, and accepting the self uh, and, you know, a whirlwind of experience. How about that for Sagittarius and starting grad school uh, for, to teach English To people of, you know, speak foreign languages, or at least foreign to us, (laughs) uh, which could possibly open the door for travel. You know, these, you couldn't have summed Sagittarius up any any better there, especially with the name change. And I know the story behind that. um, But that makes a lot of sense too when we look at the first house and the identity and how that would be coming up for you. in many ways. But very enlightening enlightening is perfect, uh, to say the least, because I know your journey of the past year, and it has been a magnificent one to follow. So I'm so happy to see where you are uh, today. So let us go on to our next contributor. Here we have Mackenzie Greer from Mac in the Zodiac.
6: Hey, everyone. I'm Mackenzie Greer of Mac and Zodiac. I'm an astrologer living in Astoria, Queens, New York City. I am here reflecting on my thoughts in Jupiter and Sagittarius. The last year of Jupiter and Sag has been such an interesting transit, admittedly. And it's really only towards the end that I, you can see the true qualities come through, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty, And I found especially that at the end of this transit of Jupiter and Sag, I came to see the real use of Sagittarius's kind of inherent qualities of hope and optimism. You know, they're kind of light and fluffy words that are used to describe Sag sometimes. And it really wasn't until we had that Mercury retrograde in Scorpio the last couple of weeks um, that I fully experienced what hope can really mean. And kind of using it in light of some working through some of the darker and heavier material of this last retrograde, because I think we were all kind of going through it emotionally with that. And these last, you know, few degrees of Sagittarius really displayed to me just like how utilizing hope and utilizing optimism as a tool for, you know, seeing the end of the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, like I don't even know how to describe it in a way that really gets my point across, but it's Personally, I know as I worked through some of that more tough, emotionally dense Mercury retrograde stuff, Jupiter and Sag showed me that like by trusting the process, by entering into that, by, you know, going through some really tough stuff that if I could alchemize it, if I could transition it and transform it, um, that at the end of all that hardship really stood hope for kind of a more clear and concise and better future personally. So I was able to kind of interact with the Mercury retrograde story by trusting that Jupiter and Sag would, you know, show me, show me the way and that by kind of illuminating some of this darker material, I could actually integrate some of it. Um, Of course I had Mercury retrograde in my fourth house. I am Leo rising. So this whole Scorpio story was down there at the basement of my chart and Jupiter has essentially been moving through my fifth house for the last year in whole sign houses. Um, so this is that kind of connection that I saw that really stood out. It really, really displayed and illuminated that, like, if you trust the process of the whole Scorpio energy of the last couple of months, like, you will see the transformation that you can achieve. You will you will come out better for it if you can, you know, stand on the other side of some of these sentences, if you can move through your power was really quite illuminating to me because I always thought, you know, oh, hope and optimism, you know, it's like, those are light and fluffy words, but they really are quite intense in in lieu of the recent retrograde. So otherwise, personally, I experienced Jupiter and Sag moving through my fifth house the entire year. And funny enough, um, on Mac and the Zodiac, I do video horoscopes. And that's something that I initiated at the beginning of jupiter and sagittarius and it was funny because i was always a little fearful of doing videos of myself feeling a little self-conscious about um you know putting my face and my voice out there so blatantly um for all 12 signs but it to me it really showed me the kind of growth that i had with personal self-expression and, and trusting that kind of fifth house process of really opening yourself up to having fun to allowing creativity to enter in kind of a new possibilities um it also, you know, in the traditional sense, Jupiter and Sag in the fifth, it changed, you know, fifth house stuff has to do with kind of erotic sexual love. It has to do with sex and our relationship to sex, as well as romance, flirtations and suitors of the like, of which there was many an interesting tale. But interestingly enough, to be like honest, I actually went off birth control this year, which could be dangerous as a woman with a uh, Jupiter in the fifth, because uh, you could probably get pregnant if you wanted, but didn't happen. And we still have a couple more days. So here we go. <laughs> um, yeah, but Jupiter in the fifth helped me kind of remove myself from birth control, actually, as a woman, which was really important because now I'm kind of syncing up with a whole new cycle and kind of just feeling more connected to my sexuality than ever before just to be, keep it real out here. It's like, it's crazy how birth control can actually dampen and really restrain a lot of, I mean, I know it has a lot of positive implications as well, trust me, but this was really important for me personally. That's Jupiter in the fifth, this kind of freeing up of sex and, and a better connection to like my own sexuality and expression of that and acceptance of that. Um, I mean, sexuality came through in a lot of different ways. It had psychological impacts, it had breakthrough moments with Jupiter here. Um, physically just sex was better without birth control for me. I was like, oh, this is crazy. Like you can actually feel good. Um so thank you Jupiter. Thanks for revving up my sex life. Highly appreciate that. Um giving me that freedom. Um another funny thing that I always assumed for people going through their Jupiter 5th house was that like, you know, lovers would come along and flirtations would come along and all sorts of enticing little creatures and people and that did happen for me a couple of times just different people coming in and out of the life and i'm like oh okay i see you but i'm in a relationship so like no." um but you know it's just like okay okay that's dupe. that's dupe in the fifth what are you gonna do like that's just how it is so ultimately i found that the fifth house experience of jupiter and sag was ring you know True to text, it was just really a freeing of personal self expression, a freeing up and an awareness and a new awareness of of sex, sexual acceptance, sexuality, um, the physical nature of it, everything, as well as you know healing love and understanding love and understanding hangups around love and all like the little enticing entrapments that we can get ourselves into. So, shout out to you, Jupiter. Thanks for keeping it real. Thanks for opening things up for me and really showing me that hope and optimism are real words that don't just fall flat on you know on a on a page. They really they really mean something and they can really move and motivate a person. So grateful for that and looking forward to Jupiter and Cap.
4: Oh
0: my God, Mac! I love you. <laughs> That was a fast. That was a great story on on a couple different uh. I'm like, where do I start? Um, <laughs> I second your notion on that whole birth control thing. I've tried to take it a couple times in my life. No, it does not work for me. It makes me moody and sex is like, eh. So I love that that was part of your Jupiter in the fifth uh, experience that you kind of got to free yourself up to experience this again, right? You know, and especially with the Scorpio transit co- uh, coinciding with it. Like that seems like, like you said, textbook astrology in many ways. Um But I also love how you brought up the idea of hope and optimism and those being fluffy words, because a lot of times we don't necessarily, you know, I mean, some of us operate from an optimistic bent just naturally, especially if you have maybe Mercury in a fire sign or, you know, but a lot of times, when we need hope and optimism, is the most is when we're actually working through the darker spaces of, you know, and in, in territories of our lives and experiences. And we know that Saturn and Pluto lurking in the background of this whole year, and especially as some of you are going through your Saturn return, which we've heard from, um, you know, a couple of our contributors are. So there is something to be said for that hope and optimism and them not being just fluffy words, but actual necessities to carry us through life and to get us through darker times. Times when we're going through these transitions, and I loved how you used the word alchemize because that's so Sagittarius. When we think of the Temperance card and those balancing um, of energy, that is alchemy. So I love how you trusted that Jupiter and Sag would show you the way, and so you know the way to new possibilities. So that was. Fabulous story, Mac, and I'm so glad you contributed. So if you want to check her out in her video horoscopes that she talks about, uh, you can go find her at macandthezodiac.com. All right, now let's hear from our last contributor, Verge the Astrologer.
7: Hi, I'm Virgilio, also known as Verge the Astrologer. Um, Wow, what a decade this last year has been. Reflecting on Jupiter and Sagittarius, um, the first thing that comes to mind to me is how excited and optimistic everyone was going into this transit and you know everyone was all this is gonna be the year and it's gonna be so great. And you know, I remember looking at some of the transits for the year and the squares to Neptune and being like, Oh man, you know, there's gonna be a lot of lessons this year. And that there were, you know. So for me, I'm a Scorpio rising. Um, So this was happening in my second house in my natal chart. Um, So I learned so much this past year about values. My values have been expanded so much. I've really gotten in touch with them and redefined what they are. Um, My partner graduated from college this year. Um, so we went from him, you know, not making any money to, you know, now he's a pharmacist and we're able to start saving and building for our future, you know, very second house energy, that long term wealth. You know, we're we're able to start having those conversations now and, and start putting away money into accounts that will, you know, accrue revenue over time and all those Torian second house sort of energies. Jupiter's really been helping me you know, expand with that. And the second house is opposite the eighth house of other people's money, you know, your spouse's money. Um, so I, I it's it's been a year of me really adjusting to a lot of his situations. He really had a lot to just kind of juggle with the last semester of college. We had to move. We had to find a place to live. You know, he got offered a job in a new city, Um, And I'm an astrologer, you know, I work from my laptop. So it's been really easy for me to be in more of a supportive role, being as I'm very flexible with what I do. Um, So to me, I've really felt this transit a lot through him. Um, And he's a Sagittarius rising with Jupiter in the first house, you know, so I, I very much have been able to see, you know, he graduated, he's in the medical field, doing healing work. Um, so definitely a lot of that expansion going on there. Now, for me, I'm a progressed sedge rising. Um, so this is going on in my progressed first house. And this has really been the year for me where I'm starting to realize my value to other people. Um, you know which certainly a second house transit can sort of you know it's all about values mostly your values but i would say this has really taught me how people value me and the message that i bring to others you know it's taught me to really appreciate the work that i'm doing um you know just feeling that in my first house in my progress chart very strongly Um, I also went to Puerto Rico for the first time this year, and I'm Puerto Rican, you know, so Jupiter and Sagittarius calls you to travel, you know, travel to foreign lands. Um, Puerto Rico, certainly not, you know, on the other side of the world, but it's still me going back to my motherland and my roots and, you know, walking where my ancestors walked for the first time and just feeling that energy, and that totally shifted a lot of different things for me. Um, I'm someone who's never really gotten a chance to travel much. I've lived in a bunch of different cities in the U.S., um, so I haven't gotten to go abroad much. You know, whenever I got the chance to travel, I would come home and visit family. So I always pinpointed this year, like, Jupiter and Sag, that's the year I'm going to start traveling and sure enough, the trip to Puerto Rico kind of fell in my lap, went with my family, and my dad's a Sagittarius, and I literally told him, "Oh, you're going to be traveling that year." Sure enough, we all did, you know. Um, and I have cancer in my ninth house, you know, so it, it would make sense to me that the way I act on that would to be would be to visit my roots, you know, and my lineage, cancer um So just lots of reflections going on for me. This is really the year where I really have stepped into feeling very comfortable as a teacher for a lot of people, you know, with my classes, teaching astrology classes and whatnot. So all in all, Jupiter has taught me that he brings a gift and it's up to you to take it. It's up to you to use it. It's up to you to recognize where it is in your chart and allow, allow the space for you to receive through that channel, you know, because wherever he is, he's offering you something. He's bringing you something. He's trying to help you expand. So it's up to you to realize that and not block it. What
0: a great contribution, Verge. Oh my gosh, I love how you started, how everyone was optimistic, you know, (laughs) going in. (laughs) I feel like a lot of us were. Uh, But there were other things at play. And as you say, there were a lot of lessons to learn this year. And so as a fellow Scorpio rising, I feel you Amen on those expanded values. Like that was definitely part of my process as well as kind of going through what, what holds value to me anymore? Can I carry this into the future? Do I want to hold this with me? Or do I want to free myself up? Up of that. So I love that you brought that up because I had forgotten that journey in myself uh, and you just reminded me of it. Um, and especially like, as you said too, feeling more comfortable as, you know, becoming a teacher, which I'm in the exact same role as well. Um, and that's part of that second house Jupiter journey, you know, Jupiter uh, second house is also kind of where our talents lie and uh, having the confidence and the courage and the, you know, the self-worth and to, it, to pursue these things. Um, So that was part of, I love to hear that that's part of your journey because that was part of my journey as well as a Scorpio rising. And I also love how you brought up uh, that you had help with the money situation after being in a supportive role, which is so fascinating because when you think about it, the second house is not configured to the ascendant by a Ptolemaic aspect. So a lot of times, you know, the second house, the sixth house, the eighth house, the twelfth house, when we experience transits from these areas, you know, there can be a lot that's out of our control or where, you know, other people take precedence um, to what our own journey looks like. So I love how you brought that up and how your Sag partner, your Sag rising partner, uh, took pres- precedence uh, in this particular area, but that ended up paying off after his school. You know, he gets out of his, his schooling uh, and now he's hoping to bring that that money in. Um, but I just love that. Oh, and the, the Puerto Rico part going to, uh, you know, whenever we be have Go somewhere that is a first experience for us. No matter if it is three thousand miles away or ten minutes away, that is a ninth house experience. If you have not done it before, that is a ninth house, uh, you know, experience. And here you had that uh, ninth house of Cancer going to visit your, uh, you know, the land, uh, the motherland, as he put it. That I kind of, you know ask for a better example. So, thank you so much for sharing, Verge. That was fabulous, and I loved the little bit at the end. Allow yourself to receive the gift. Jack and I were talking about this last week. You know, pick your fruits, enjoy them while you can before we move on. So, to stay in touch with Verge, you're going to want to go and check him out at uh, what's Verge the strikingly dot com. And you can also find him on Instagram. He's very active there. So thank you so much to all the contributors. Uh, they were fascinating stories. And I'm so glad that I put this together last minute. And it's really a lesson because I fell behind uh on <laughs> booking my guests, and I had this gap week, and I had someone in mind, but it ended up not you know, panning out. And, you know, this week that I'm recording this, we have Mars opposing Uranus in the skies. And so, you know, sometimes when uh, life doesn't go as you plan, it's actually an invitation to do things differently, which as a person with Uranus rising, I should know better. So I'm so glad I did things differently uh, this week and got guest contributions to bring more of a community spirit to everything. So I'd love to know what people think about that and they like if they like the format. Uh, But before we close up here, you know, I just want to remind, uh, give a little shout out to when Jupiter is going to be here next. You know, when are we going to experience Jupiter and Sag? Well, the next time Jupiter comes around to this point is going to be October 22nd of 2030. So we are some years out from that. But where Jupiter uh, squared Neptune for this particular Jupiter transit we actually have a much more active, uh, season for 2030 and 2031, where Jupiter will make oppositions to Saturn, who will be in Gemini. Uh, Jupiter will be making sextiles to Pluto, who will then now be in Aquarius. Uh, Jupiter will be making trines to Neptune at that point, uh, who, when Neptune is in Aries, um, and then Jupiter will be making oppositions to Uranus and Gemini as well, and so you know that that is going to be an active Jupiter and Sag period. But that is for 2030, and we are not there yet. <laughs> so I just wanted to give everyone a little heads up as to what the next time this transit may look like, uh, especially in relation to what we're we've been hearing today. Um, so, oh my gosh, I enjoyed this episode so much, even though it kind of did, you know, just winging it to some extent, but uh, I'm really happy with how it turned out. So anyways, well, where can you find me? Well, you can find me over at energeticprinciples.com, and of course, I'll do a blog post that will share our contributors' information there as well if you uh, happen to miss it. So uh, do note that that will be there. Um, and also, you know, just a reminder that I do consultations as well. So if you'd like to set up a something, you can do that through my website as well. And feel free to ask me questions if you have any. Um, also, uh, you know, I do have my Patreon page, which I tout every week. Uh, so if you would like to show support by signing up for those offerings, you can do so at patreon.com backslash energeticprinciples. And if you think people need to hear about, uh, you know, Jupiter and Sag, the retrospective, you know, share it with a friend, spread the good word, leave a, a hopefully nice review wherever you listen to this podcast as it helps, you know, uh, Myself and any guests or contributors that I have be seen to a wider audience. So, all right. Well, this is normally where I say goodbye to the guests, but I will say goodbye to everyone and a special thank you to our contributors once again. I'm so happy with the content they shared. So, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, we bid Jupiter and Sage adieu, uh, and as always, may the stars be with you. <laughs>